Hi, everyone. Welcome, 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 welcome. This is The Dare Show. I'm back. This is my... I want to stop doing this, but this is my 17th episode. I want to stop saying the number of episodes. Um, This is my 17th episode, and yeah, The Dare Show. I just want you to look at things through a lens of my own, which I'm noticing, I feel like some a lot of the times my view on things are completely, or they're not, I always see them kind of different than everybody else. Um, it's, I feel like sometimes this might be the unpopular, unpopular opinion, like a third, sometimes third opinion, or maybe not. I just don't a lot of times see my opinion as similar to others i need to go grease my scalp i'm gonna try not to that's what i probably should have done before i did this lord i'm trying not to itch my hair because it itches i need to go grease my scalp and you probably heard that or not look so for the main course this week we're doing a review i'm doing a review you guys know i'm a big patty labelle fan and it's the 35th anniversary. Oh crap! I'll look it up when I take a break. It's the 35th anniversary of her astronomical. Well, I don't know if it was astronomical, but her really big mainstream album success. Finally, "Winner and You." So we're going to talk about "Winner and You." Later, but right now I just want to talk about a couple topics that have been going on. Okay, so one thing is, so from last week, uh, last week I meant to say I wasn't going to do an episode last week, but because of, can you hear that? Sometimes I live in a ghetto neighborhood and I'm just like, come on, you guys. <sighs> um, What was I saying? Last week, I was—I meant to say Google created their, like, I didn't know they still did this. They created their, like, little search engine thingy, and an uh, artist created one for Luther for his 70th birthday, and it was, like, a celebration, and then the love of, like, Luther, and still a little bit on my timeline, still going on, the love for Luther, and then Prince was the next day kind of inspired me like let me get up and say something that's what i meant to say last week i missed i forgot that part but luther has been still going on in, in my life this week i was looking i was like let me listen to some of the songs i d- haven't listened to or have never listened to before or re found like i found i refound um Bink it better from his uh your secret love album okay can we talk about your secret love cover and probably a couple covers before and after that album in 96 about how he catfished us. Like, the, I don't know when Luther looked like that, but Luther did not look like that when he was performing Make It Better and one of the songs he performed for that album. Whatever the singles were on that album. But yeah, <laughs> that and then I thought about um, Anita Baker, my favorite Anita, ba- Anita Anita Baker album, My Everything. She looks, I don't know when she ever looked like that. And they're both like like thinner than what they normally are. I mean, than what they are in person or during that time. 
And I was just like, okay, I don't know when she when she looked like that. But here we go. So yeah, I found Make It Better. And I just thought about when I listened to it when I first heard the do 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 I was like, oh my goodness. I cannot believe I have not heard this song in so long. Like, this is such a classic song. This is a classic Luther song. Of course, the number one on the R&B charts. And I noticed, like, most of... <sighs> so sad. A lot of his albums were, like, number one on the R&B chart. Well, I would say, like, 95% of his albums went number one on the R&B charts. But then, like, the Billboard 200, it would be, like, five, six, seven... And then even um, Dance With My Father didn't go number one. Like, I thought it did. I thought, I guess it didn't. Terrible. What were y'all doing back in there? Day. Excuse me. I just got um, a delicious strawberry lemonade. This is my third this week. And like, no, I think I got a couple last week. This is my third. This is my first this week. It is not hitting like it normally does. And I keep burping it up. It's not hitting like it had a couple days ago. The lady, I think she was alone up front or something like that. Because she seemed like she was having some trouble. <laughs> and I wasn't being like impatient or anything. Because I was only getting a drink and I don't really care. But I always think like fast food. How do they make the food so fast? Like, I swear stuff has... I don't eat a lot of fast food, first of all. Secondly, how do they make it so fast? And sometimes, like, in the South here, I notice the fast food isn't that fast, which I kind of appreciate because I'm like, okay, you're actually making this from semi-scratch or whatever. I don't know. What are we talking about fast food for? Um, Luther. So, make it better. Make it better. I listened to, I was listening to, I was listening to a lot of uh, Your Secret Love. He did, you know, a couple of um, Garden Circles and Knock You Off My Feet. I think those are his, I didn't know he wrote Make It Better. Um, oh, something else. I forgot. I think that was it. Um, one song, Love, Don't Love You Anymore. That song is very from, um, Your Secret Love also. The blue cover. Very, very, what's the word? Dramatic, very, like, scary looking in a way. Um, the blue cover. So, Love, Don't Love You Anymore, it sounds very... It's very dramatic. It's very, like, Broadway-type song, I think. And I feel like if he ever sang it live, which I'm sure he didn't, it would have brought the... Because it's very, like, dramatic pauses and dramatic sounds. And, yeah, it just seemed like one of those, like, probably really cool songs that would have sounded great, incredible live. Uh, I think that was it. Most of the other songs weren't necessarily my favorite but i can't believe i found make it better i can't believe i didn't have that in my luther repertoire already because that that's the jam that's the jam oh my gosh and then there's this performance he did at let's call it the soul train music Awards. i don't know something he uh sinbad hosted 
and Luther was choreography from start to fucking finish. I'm like, did Lori Ann come in here and choreography choreograph this? Because it's very boom, boom, cack, boom, cackalacka, boom, bat, 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 bat. And he was singing like it was like, it was amazing. It was really good. It was really good. It was really good. So, yeah, I'm going to put Make It Better in the Spotify, a part of my Spotify podcast situation. I put this on YouTube. Thank you for listening to you on YouTube. But if you, I swear, go to Spotify. You listen to the music. Um, I believe if you have the premium, it'll show it'll show the whole song. But if you have, um, if, you're, if you're not on premium Spotify, it'll show like a five second, 10, 30 second clip or whatever. Uh yeah, you don't have to listen to the whole song, but at least listen to a little bit of it because I feel like it t- it ties in. I that's my favorite part of doing the podcast, really putting the music in because it. I feel like I'm sharing a little bit of my life and my soul with you when I share a little bit of the music. So, anyways, I want to talk about the Housewives of Atlanta. Um, the reunion was this week. I didn't like the costumes. I don't really care. The costume, the reunion, first of all, was better than what I thought it was going to be. Because I feel like it was like a whole bunch of behind the scenes stuff that happens or happened. And now it plays a part in the reunion because we can talk about it now. Their costumes, I don't really care about. Um,. It was black. I'm not a fan of black clothing a lot. I do have a couple of black pieces, but I'm not a huge fan of black. I like color. And it was just like, it was dark-ish. Like, this lighting was not 100% amazing for me. We found out the editing is a little janky with the production team, allegedly. Um, then there's like this like theme every time now for the reunion. And I'm like, can we just go back to, you don't have to make it look like I don't the first, like, I think the first worst reunion set was probably Royal Housewives of New Jersey with like that blue shit. It was weird. But as far as I'm trying to think the first I don't even think the first Housewife of <clears throat> Atlanta reunion was horrible looking. The set. But it just, I'm just like, every year it's like a new theme. And it's like, this was the dungeon theme. And it's just like, nobody gives a fuck. Can we just like, make it a little cute. Not a whole bunch of shit. And just have them talk. My thing about the Real Housewives of Atlanta is... Or as uh, I'm going to say, the Kenya show, the Kenya Moore, Kenya Moore show. You guys are letting her do what the fuck she wants. And as long as you let her, I mean, as long as there's a show, then nobody's going to really keep her accountable for the shit that she does. Except for maybe like right now, Portia. I'm not even going to say Candy because Candy will like. Candy, I'm not saying she's forgiving. I feel like Candy slightly flip flops. Like she'll be like, 
uh, no, one day and then, well, not one day, but like one second, it seems like she's okay. And then the next second, she'll, rep, I mean, she'll reprimand you and then she'll move along. And it's like, no, you got to keep reprimanding somebody like Kenya Moore. Um, Cynthia's not going to do it. But like Portia, I feel like Portia, nobody's, like I said, nobody's going to reprimand or keep her accountable for the shit that she does, except for like Portia. And as long as they do that, as long as nobody's cutting the drama out, I guess, from the main source, then I guess you don't have a show. So I guess you got to keep doing it. But it just seems so, it seems so annoying. And Kenya isn't as witty with her comebacks. I don't think she's ever been as witty with her comebacks. She's very, like, corny. <laughs> very corny, very juvenile. With her comebacks, it, it's not so fun to watch Kenya. I don't like Kenya. I really don't. I'm trying to remember when I... I think I didn't like her... Especially... I think I first didn't... Because I did like Kenya at first, but I think I, when... um. I was just rewatching like the entire seventh season. Was that the eighth? I think it was the seventh season. Was it the seventh? I'm okay. It might have been the seventh, seventh season with Kim um, Fields, and I think when Kenya, first of all, Kenya brought her on the show. Then I don't know if Kenya's that dumb, or she actually thinks Kim Fields. And other people in the cast are, like, out to get her. But it's also, like, Kenya always plays the victim and can never apologize or keep herself accountable for what she does. But I guess, like I said, I guess we don't have a show. She takes accountability. Because <laughs> these shows keep pumping these seasons out. With like three months, two months down after the reunion. So it's like not a lot of real drama happens anymore. That's what the keeping, I think that's what happened with the reality TV and especially keeping up with the Kardashians, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or in Atlanta. New Jersey, I'm not sure. New Jersey really shook up their cast. Um, but certain shows definitely did not survive the let's keep pumping this shit out. Because after a while, everything, we already seen it in the media. Now we're going to see you play it out on TV. And it's like, okay... At first, it was very exhilarating and very exciting. Now, it's just like, okay, we know the game. We'll watch it if we need to. I didn't really watch a lot of... I think I missed about four episodes. Three or four episodes of Atlanta. And I'm noticing that Atlanta is, like, the only one that, in this COVID season, Atlanta's the only one who, like, actually pumped out, like, 16, 17 episodes. I think Married to Medicine, I think Heavenly said Married to Medicine is doing the same thing. But all these other shows are getting, like, 10 episodes max. Getting the reunion and calling it a day. I'm very shocked. I think Bravo knows what they're doing. 
but yeah, that's my little thing about um, the Kenya show. <sighs> the last little tidbit I want to talk about is the Derek Chauvin trial. Sometimes I wonder where things come from. Like, why do people bring certain things up? Like, I was watching, I was listening, and the reason why I'm talking about this is because I think a couple of times I've heard, even on, like, the Clay Klein show on Sirius XM, I listened to on, um, what's it called? Urban View. And then Kevin and McHale on the Scorpion Show podcast, I didn't even finish listening to them because I was just like, I like McHale. McHale's very cute. McHale is gorgeous. McHale, um has very strong opinions, but I'm just like, where do you guys get some of this stuff from? Like, why are you bringing this up? Nobody asked you about this. He was talking about how, Mikhail's very funny. He was talking about how the Derek Chauvin trial, he doesn't believe Derek Chauvin intentionally killed George Floyd. So therefore nobody wins. Quote unquote. Because Derek Chauvin, and I'm just like, no, that's not how this is looking. Because Derek Chauvin is has his life. Sure, he's being snatched away from his family. They know where he is. They can go visit him. They can call him. Unlike George Floyd's family and his daughter and his other children and his mother and his brother George Floyd is no longer here. So somebody kind of does win when you're playing with life and death. Somebody does win. And the person who did win, ultimately, is Derek Chauvin because Derek Chauvin is still living. He didn't get the death penalty. His family can still go see him. His family can call him. Derek Chauvin is still breathing. So, and I hate that. And it, it makes you, I feel like when you're sympathetic, that I feel like that brings you into a sympathetic situation when you're sympathizing with nobody wins. Well, no, that's not how this is working. Whether he did it intentionally or not, he did it. And he could have stopped it, but he didn't. Even when he, the man was saying he couldn't breathe. I didn't go watch the video. I didn't see, I'm not, it's like, what's the point of watching that kind of video anymore at this time? Um, it's very dramatic. If anybody, I was like, how old was that? I think I was like 20, 19, 20, when um, Trayvon Martin was murdered and the whole trial, the co coverage, Twitter, people going after um, his best friend that he was on the phone with. That thing was kind of very traumatic to me. So I'm just like, was there a video? I don't know if there's a video. There's video of him in the store. But yeah, there was no video of him. I think there was audio. Just just to think about it. It's just like, it's too much. Um, so I, I haven't watched much of like these murder scenes that have been going on with police and black people. Because it's like, what's the, what's the point? But the thing is, whether he did it or not, and I, I know I'm coming that slightly. I don't feel comfortable with like 100% saying that because giving or giving an opinion because I haven't seen the video to make an actual opinion. And I don't like when people 
just like with his little Nas X, I was listening to Sirius on the Clay Kane show, and the lady was like, I haven't seen the video, but he is giving off a uh, satanic vibe, worshiping Satan and shit like that, whatever. And I'm just like, okay, how are you going to say you didn't watch the evidence, <laughs> but you're going to say you're going to give an opinion? Like, get out of here. That's the only reason why. I don't like being that kind of person because I'm not that kind of person. I I do research most of the time. But as we, we've known and George Floyd stirred up some shit in the world and the man was found guilty. So I'm just like, it's clear what went on. Like, how do you want police... How do you want justice for black people, but then sit there and have sympathy for? I feel like having justice for black people and having sympathy for white people don't go hand in hand. Just like I can be pearl black doesn't mean I'm anti-white. Does that make sense? Because I'm, I feel like you can't be. Or my car is that two different things? That might be two different things. But I'm just like, where does you're gonna you want police, you want justice, but then you're gonna be sympathetic towards the person who murdered him. I guess I I don't see it that way. Let me know what you think. I know this is a kind of hot topic. I know a couple of people have come out and said, had more sympathy for Derek Chauvin, who didn't even testify on his trial. Can we just get some peace? That's all we need, peace. Peace and gun control. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so when I come back, I want to speak on the 30th. 35th anniversary of Patti LaBelle's first number one album, Winner and You. I'll be right back. Thank you for sticking around. This is for the Patti fans right here. Or not. Let me convince you. Let me tell you. Not convince you. Let me tell you about Winner and You. Patti LaBelle's first success. Patti LaBelle's album that was her most successful album. And to me, I think most successful means number ones. She got a number one song, a number one album. She was killing it. Um, I think last week I read um, On My Own went was sent out to the UK around this time and 35 years ago. This is the 35th, 35th anniversary of Winter and You. Um, and Winter and You came out this to this day, April 28th. Wait, right? That is the 20th. Yeah, April 28th, 1986. Shout out to that. So, a little background that I found out. It, where, where it all clicked. So, Patty was... Um, she was signed with Philly International. 
Lord Jesus. I'm not shading the blacks, but, shade, but Patty was having a little trouble. And I'm not, I'm not going to shade the whites either, because we can see after this album, Patty's <laughs> chart success, album-wise, and mostly um, single-wise, was very yonk, 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 womp. <laughs> Like this, like the weird. That's the one of the weirdest things I've ever. This is another. Okay, when I first was, when I first first re um, found Patti LaBelle, I looked up this album sales and I looked at the album algorithm that she has chart wise, and it's very like, what the fuck is going on here? You go from, like, 96 to 87, you know, have a little chart success, and then you have, you know, your R&B solid success, but then you have this explosive number one album, this explosive number one single, and then it goes, trickles back down in the late 80s, early 90s, and then Burning, Burning, to me, Burning is probably one of her most successful albums. We'll get to burning when burning comes. But on my own, on my own did its thing. I mean, not on my own. I mean, when and you did its thing. Wait, yeah, that's what it's called. Okay. So you see why I said that in a second. Hold on. But let, let's get to the background. So she was um, she was with Philly International. And I probably should have a little, did a little more research on this part with New Attitude and... Um, uh, What's the other pop song from Beverly Hills Nine, Beverly Hills Cop? So she did those songs, and I think those songs and those that success brought her to signing the deal with MCA, which I forgot who their parent company is or who their little company. Because I'm like, I don't know who the fuck MCA is, but whatever. And so, like, like I said, like in the '70s, she was having you know trouble with Philly International, but she had some success. And then her last, the last Philly International album I read was like, "Girl, let's get you out of here." And I don't think it was like on a bad note from what I sensed. It was just like we have these leftover tracks. Let's finish this contract up, put this on there. They even put that. That's where um, if you don't know me by now, was put on there. Boom shakalaka. Here we go with the quote unquote white people with a bigger company. Winner and you with MCA. Um, they said, girl, let's get into the studio and get you an album. So this is her first album with MCA, and she stayed with MCA until um, 2000. The last album, I believe, is. No, the last album is I'm I don't know why I'm saying that. The last album is um When a Woman Loves. We'll get to that album too, because that's one of oh oh the songs on When a, When a Woman Loves. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so yeah, so let's start off. Um oh people. I'm gonna go through a couple of songs. A couple of them this really wasn't my favorite album to listen to. Cause like I said, like 90s Patty is my favorite. Patty, Burning, Gems, Flame, 
that's when to me her voice really settled you know patty turned 50 in like 1995 i think she was like 47 when burning happened and her voice you know that's when the age where things start you know to get questionable but her voice really grew and sustained itself and got so much better and she just you know i felt like her voice was very comfortable and she knew what to do with it um not to say about any other error but to me that that error was pretty it but i don't really listen to a lot of um the 70s 80s a lot but yeah okay so oh people a what does i say The song just wants, you know, everybody to unite. I think O People was a, or is a kind of fan favorite. Sort of the We Are The World type song. I'm trying to think. I think she, did she do, I don't think she did it recently, in recent years. Um, I think most of, some of these songs she kind of just left in the 90s, I mean 80s. And some of them she kind of, bring back because they are most of these songs are relevant not relevant but like most of these songs are like classic timeless songs michael mcdonald she did on my own with uh great song i feel like that song is sort of i don't know it's sort of like vanilla compared to what she's brought to it live over the years one of my favorite versions of it live is the one on Arsenio Hall, where she had like, um, I'm trying to think, was that during Burning? Oh crap. I think it was during the Burning era. She, uh, yeah, I think it was during the Burning era. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was during the Burning era when Burn, yeah, right when Burning was or had just came out, or she was just debuting the single. Feels like another one. She had feels like another one. She did only one night with Luther and somewhere with the rainbow and when you've been blessed. Yeah, vocals. See that that's what that's what I'm talking about. The vocals, the vocals. Um, <laughs> yeah, we know the story about on my own and I think this is a part of like I think maybe Philly International weren't were just letting Patty be Patty and so she went with like this bigger label and they didn't the producers kind of didn't know her style you know Patty talks about how she doesn't like a lot she really doesn't like recording stuff twice she's really like let's hit it and quit it and then let's go on about a business and I think the story when she talks about the um, producer not uh, the producer being like, I want you to sing it this way, and you have to sing it that way. And she's like, uh, I don't want to sing it this way. So she's just like, Let's cut the record. I don't even want to do the record anymore. So it was like, a, Come, let's come back. Somebody, I think a producer came back and was like, Burt Bacharach and Carol Bear sing, or Carol Bear Sayer wrote this freaking song. And that's another thing about, you know, the hit, a part of the hit, a part of the machine, I should say, or the bigger label. They have, you know, these big songwriters come in and work with you. Um, 
But yeah, so she's like, let's scratch it. So somebody comes back, I guess the producer or somebody, I forget what, what she, who she said, came back and was like, okay, Patty, let's make it a duet. Let's spice it up. Since you don't really want to do the song anymore. So she's like, who do you want to do it with? She's like, I'll do it with Mr. Michael McDonald. So he's like, okay, let's get it. They go in the studio, they do it. And, well, they didn't go in the studio. I think he recorded his, she recorded hers. Happy anniversary to Winner and You. Because there's a winner in the song. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so one of my favorites, Arsenio. There's this 2008 concert. There's like a snippet from like Patty, um, Miss Patty Patty TV, I think it is. Shout out to them. Okay, I don't know what happened, but, you know, Miss Patty Patty TV put out, oh, this is like years ago, like a compilation of all these videos they had. And then I guess either they put them out or put some of them out and they got taken down. Or they just haven't put them out. But shout out to Patty, Miss Patty Patty TV. Can we get those videos and the confirmation videos out? I want to see them. And one of them is from the 2008 concert. Uh, she was doing like this crazy ass run at the end. Amazing. Another one of my favorites from the when 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 a woman loves tour. Amazing. I think she did the same run at the end. Yeah, I think she did. Oh gosh. What's your favorite version of On My Own? Something special. This is like when we get into like the pop feel. This album's very pop and R&B. Something special. She's kind of screaming. <laughs> but it's like, okay, it works. Um, I love the two-part harmony. It makes the song really unique. I haven't listened to any other person's version. I think um, Gladys Knight says she did a version of it. Amazing version of the song live is when she does it like to open up her show. For the winner in U tour, um, she did in the air tonight, uh, in the air tonight cover of Phil Collins in the air tonight, and then she did something special, firecracker vocals. I listened to that over and over, like when I was rediscovering Patty, I listened to that over and over and over, and it's just like wow, especially in the air tonight. Oh my gosh. That's on YouTube, but her um, music producer produced that song, which I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I didn't know he produced some of the earlier stuff. I know he produced a lot of the, like, 90s stuff, like I said. Kiss Away the Pain. Such a classic R&B song. I know she did this song a couple of years ago on her, like, I think it was, like, the 50th anniversary tour she did. She did that on the... Uh, she did that. Vocals were killing it during that time. I think her voice was, like, regaining its power. Can we just shout out to Patty's voice? I was listening to a couple, like, some old, like, not old, but, like, a couple of older clips, like, five, six, six years ago, and her voice, she was doing, like, this, like... Um... What's the word? It's not a strain. It's a gargly type thing she was doing. And I'm like, wow, her voice really. It was like gargly. So it was like not the specific key or whatever. But now 
I noticed, oh my gosh, that's gone. Because that was there for a couple of years. And I'm like, wow, that's even gone. Like, her voice really has regained its power. I'm not going to say too much about her voice because nowadays, because it, uh, like I said before, Patty Sands, they kind of annoyed me with that, talking about her voice. I was like, okay, we get it, girl. We know. You're always trying to defend it. We get it. Um, her voice on Kiss Away the Pain, which you can probably hear in the background, it's a little, like, raspy. And it plays into this, like, role of the song being um, remorseful and wanting to get back to love again with the person. And it works really well. I love it. Um, and then at the end, you know, she's mimicking the horns or the whatever horn that is. She's mimicking it and just going off. Like I said, she did this on this tour, on that tour. You can go back and find it. Definitely. Then, okay, we're going to go to Twisted. Twisted. I don't think I've ever heard Twisted. Like when I was re-listening re to Patty. Some songs I was just like, okay, I don't listen to this anymore. And Twisted was one of them. I love Twisted now. Twisted is very pop. I'm like, why wasn't Twisted a single? It's very pop. It's like up there with something special and new attitude. Twisted. Like, come on. Twisted is good. Your Mind Tonight? That could have been a single also. Like this haunting lyrics-ish. Another love song. That could have been a single. Did I say that? That could have been a single too, I feel like. Twisted in Your Mind Tonight could have been a single. But I noticed like the singles kind of didn't do too well. Like, like I thought this is so weird. Like, oh, People was a single. On My Own was a single. Went to number one. I think something special didn't chart too well either. Ugh, weird. It's just confusing. I don't know. Finally, we're back together. Now, I didn't know she did this on the album because I had listened to it on um, the Warner Theater performance. And she's, <laughs> she's like talking to this man in the audience about like, where's your wife? It's funny. It's classic patio. Patio. It's classic patty. Uh, such a mid-tempo song. It's really good. It's nice. With the sweet then and the sweeties. I don't know if the sweeties are in the um, studio version, but the live version is really good. I like it. And then her tone is so beautiful. Shout out to that song. Let's get this wrapped up. There's a winner in you. This song was written by Ashford and Sim Ashford and Simpson. The song is very dramatic and she brings it to life. I don't know what the demo sounds like, but Patty's version, I'm not even gonna say Patty's version. Patty just like I'm gonna say Patty's version, because I, I feel like maybe the demo was slightly possibly different. I don't know. I wish we could have like a um, maybe I'll see if I can find if we can if there's a um comparison to like what the demo sound like or what uh Nick and Ashford 
I mean, uh, Ashford and Simpson <clears throat> thought about the song and how Patty, Patty created the song. Um, this was one of the first songs I became obsessed with when I first rediscovered Patty because there's two versions. There was two versions at the time. Now there's like five versions on YouTube of her singing it live. That's what I mean. Um, the one with the suit. I think she's on Arsenio on that one too. With like the little head, head feather. That's probably when the album came out. And then the one with the bucket hat, the bucket hair, and her like this like black and gold dress. I think it that was around. That was something to do. That had something to do with um, sisters in the name of love. But I guess that song got cut. But I'm like, damn. I wish we could have got it because. Those vocals, I became obsessed with the song from that. Those two versions, oh my goodness! And now my favorite version is this is new one with her wearing this plaid, this not plaid, this um beige suit. And it's in the late '90s or mid '90s, like probably around Jim's. Yeah, I think it was like Jim's era. As for like this um telethon or something, killed it. I listen to it daily at this point. The last couple of days, it's been like nonstop. Like, and then I like I listened to it once when it came out, and then a couple of weeks ago, I listened to it again for the first time and a quote unquote first time. And I'm just like, oh my gosh! And I left a comment. I'm like, oh wait, I just left a comment on this song. This song is so, she kills that song. Oh my gosh, it's such an encouragement song. Like you've been down, you've been hurt. But there's still a winner. There's still a hero. There's still something in you about you that you can still keep going on. And she sang it with, she sang it to um, Arsenio Hall. And um, it was his last show, I think, because they had forced him off the air because he had Louis Farrakhan on it. I believe this is the story. And so she like, she's like, I know what you're going through. And I know what they're doing to you, but there's still a there's still a winner in you. Oh, she's and it was just like such a beautiful moment. It's on my um YouTube channel. You can definitely go watch that. Um, but yeah, this song, you know, dramatic. She brings the vocals, and I feel like this is such a unique Patty song. Like no other song, no other song in her discography sounds like this song. Like song, the way the song is structured. And, like, the way she builds it up, <clears throat> even vocally, like, no other, I can't think of any other song. And thank God she did the song again, um, like, six years ago. And she still sounded amazing singing it. Amazing. Like, Patty, there are so many songs she could bring back that aren't, like, because, like, her live thing is, like, sort of these sometimes vocal acrobatic things live she didn't the most she didn't really do that in the studio so i'm like there are so many songs that can still she can that are still like in her range not even in her range that are still like adaptable to her voice today like she can adapt to her voice today and they will still sound good. And winner in you, there's there's a winner in you is really good. I saw that. Um, I don't think the album was nominated for a Grammy. No, I think that no, I don't think the album was because it said 
Winner and You, and that's the name of the album. So the album was not, I don't know, I got, I should have done a little bit more research because Wikipedia and certain singers don't always add up to what actually happened. Um, <laughs> um, but it says Winner and You was nominated for Best R&B Pop, vo Best R&B Vocal. And then Best Pop Duo performance on my own was nominated in 87. But let me tell you about this in that same kind of era about her and the people she was nominated in 86. We have Whitney Houston, You Give Good Love, Shaka Khan, I Feel For You, Patty, New Attitude, Tina Marie, Love a Girl, and Aretha, who won for Freeway of Love. That was, mm, that's some good, <clears throat> that's some good uh, competition right there. Shout out to that one. Um, but yeah, my overall thoughts about Winner and You, great album. I definitely think, um... Her vocals were there to do a job. Because <laughs> I was listening to Be Yourself, the, her next album after Winner and You. And I felt like she was like more expressive and had a little more fun and showing off, not showing off another side, but like being more expressive and giving us some cute ad libs um, on that album. But of course, you got to be yourself on Be Yourself. But yeah, Winner and You. I feel like the still great vocals did there to do a job. Let's get you introduced to everybody because she even went to Europe and toured Europe for this album. So yeah, thank you for listening to the dare show. Hopefully you enjoyed this little review. Happy 35th anniversary to winner and you some smash singles some really great you know something special kiss away the pain some really great songs off of this album and on that note i'll listen i'll talk with you all later next week oh next week we have um bella Maj, i believe her jazz album so yeah we'll talk we'll talk later we'll talk next week thank you for listening